You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. It's Thursday, December 14th. I'm Zeke Robison. Today, stop planting trees, says guy who inspired world to plant a trillion trees. Ecologist Thomas Crowther's research inspired countless tree planting campaigns, greenwashing, and attacks from scientists. Now he's back with a new plan for nature restoration. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. In a cavernous theater lit up with the green shapes of camels and palms at COP28 in Dubai, Thomas Crowther, former chief scientific advisor for the United Nations Trillion Trees campaign, was doing something he never would have expected a few years ago, begging environmental ministers to stop planting so many trees. Mass plantations are not the environmental solution they're purported to be, Crowther argued when he took the floor on December 9th for one of the summit's Nature Day events. The potential of newly created forests to draw down carbon is often overstated. They can be harmful to biodiversity. Above all, they are really damaging when used, as they often are, as avoidance offsets, as an excuse to avoid cutting emissions, Crowther said. The popularity of planting new trees is a problem, at least partly, of Crowther's own making. In 2019, his lab at ETH Zurich found that the Earth had room for an additional 1.2 trillion trees, which the lab's research claimed could suck down as much as two-thirds of the carbon that humans have historically emitted into the atmosphere. This highlights global tree restoration as our most effective climate change solution to date, the study said. Crowther subsequently gave dozens of interviews to that effect. This seemingly easy climate solution sparked a tree-planting craze by companies and leaders eager to burnish their green credentials without actually cutting their emissions, from Shell to Donald Trump. It also provoked a squall of criticism from scientists who argued that the Crowther study had vastly overestimated the land suitable for forest restoration and the amount of carbon it could draw down. The study authors later corrected the paper to say tree restoration was only one of the most effective solutions and could suck down at most one-third of the atmospheric carbon with large uncertainties. Crowther, who says his message was misinterpreted, put out a more nuanced paper last month which shows that preserving existing forests can have a greater climate impact than planting trees. He then brought the results to COP28 to kill greenwashing of the kind that his previous studies seemed to encourage, that is, using unreliable evidence on the benefits of planting trees as an excuse to keep on emitting carbon. The question is, did countries at COP28 get the point? 
A few minutes after Crowther spoke, Mariam Alheri, the Climate Change and Environment Minister for the host country, the United Arab Emirates, addressed the theater. She praised his presentation, then began boasting that the UAE was almost halfway to planting 100 million mangroves by 2030. At the same time, the UAE's state oil firm, Adnoc, whose CEO was the president of COP28, has the biggest future expansion plans of any oil company in the world, an expansion incompatible with meeting the Paris Agreement's targets, which sought to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. That's greenwashing, according to Kate Dooley, a researcher at the University of Melbourne who has studied nature restoration's carbon drawdown. Carbon storage in nature is temporary and therefore not equivalent to permanent fossil fuel emissions, Dooley says. Walking along the shaded pathways of Dubai's Expo City later that day, Crowther said he didn't know enough about the process to pass judgment on the UAE's plans, but was enthused to have heard other ministers talking about empowering indigenous communities to protect and nurture woodland. Five years ago, the conversation around nature was nothing like that, he said. This kind of optimism, with a tinge of naivety, is what has allowed the bearded and ponytailed Crowther, who enjoys playing a handpan drum and making bushcraft camps in the Zurich woods, to have made such an impact at only 37 years old. Growing up obsessed with nature in the Welsh countryside, he overcame struggles with dyslexia to get a PhD and a postdoc at Yale. It was there that a housemate, working with what was then the UN's Billion Tree campaign, raised a question that would launch Crowther's meteoric rise in academia. How many trees are there in the world? Few thought it could be answered, since satellites can't see how many trees there are beneath a forest canopy. But Crowther and a colleague started using artificial intelligence to find relationships between on-the-ground tree counts and satellite imagery of the same areas, and then extrapolated their findings across larger regions. Collecting and analyzing data from other scientists, they published a map of forest density in 2015 that suggested there were three trillion trees on Earth, far higher than previously thought. The UN's tree planting campaign was upgraded from a billion to a trillion trees. In 2017, Crowther received $2.7 million from a Dutch foundation to start his own lab. Then came the 2019 study. Al Gore mentioned it to Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff, who started his own One Trillion Trees initiative with the World Economic Forum and convinced Trump to sign on. Crowther became one of the project's advisors, thus becoming associated with Two Trillion Trees campaigns. The popularity of the idea quickly spiraled, so much so that countries around the world have now made so many of their own tree planting pledges that these would require at least 500 million hectares of land to fulfill an area more than half the size of the United States. All this while global emissions have continued to increase. The fallout over the 2019 study devastated Crowther because it undermined confidence in nature restoration projects, when in fact countries and companies need to scale up investments in restoration as well as decarbonization, he says. The crisis of confidence in nature-based programs has continued this year as another form of carbon offsetting, the purchase of private carbon credits to preserve existing forests, has been revealed as worthless in many cases. There still are debates about whether nature has a role in climate, Crowther says. And this has been crippling in the environmental movement. In response, Crowther's November study, with more than 200 scientists listed as co-authors, instead stresses the power of preserving intact woodlands. While restoring destroyed or fragmented forests would absorb a potential 87 gigatons of carbon, simply allowing existing forests to grow to maturity would absorb an additional 139 gigatons. These estimates exclude urban farming and grazing areas that may have once held forests but are unlikely to be given over to nature. 
For reference, humans have emitted roughly 2,500 gigatons of carbon throughout history, which has largely ended up in the atmosphere and oceans. Forest restoration wouldn't be a silver bullet to the climate crisis, but it could theoretically make a meaningful difference. And the paper showed that clearly nature is the central part of our fight against climate change, says Crowther of his new research. But more importantly, it was sort of like the guideposts on what responsible commitments to nature must mean. The new paper has drawn far less criticism from other scientists, but it may still overestimate the carbon potential of forest restoration by including areas of drylands and working forests needed for sustainable logging, says Matthew Fagan of the University of Maryland. These high-end estimates of forest potential could again encourage misinterpretation and greenwashing, he worries. And even if forests are restored and preserved the right way by avoiding sapling die-offs, wildfires, or evictions of indigenous people, such nature projects can still contribute to greenwashing if they're used as an excuse by businesses or governments to continue emitting carbon as usual, especially if they end up being less effective at drawing down carbon than expected. A draft version of the main text under negotiation at COP28 included for the first time a reference to the goal set by COP26 to reverse forest loss by 2030 and the need for funding to meet this aim. It would be a small win for genuine nature restoration if this reference makes it into the final COP28 agreement. Countries are also starting to take it upon themselves to work to protect forests. Norway announced a $50 billion donation to the Amazon Fund. And Brazil announced its own framework to stop carbon credit greenwashing, called Tropical Forests Forever. At the same time, rules are being discussed for the UN carbon credit market that some activist carbon fear could facilitate more use of avoidance offsets, and there hasn't been much progress on closing the financing gap of $700 billion a year needed to halt nature and buy If no one had ever said plant a trillion trees, I think we'd have been in a lot better space, Crowther says. But maybe there wouldn't have been so much noise and attention on nature. Closing with that, all the very responsible scientists who are here could correct it and turn it into something that is good. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, U.S. regulators want cars to include drunk driver detection technology. Checking in on Wired Science, a brilliant cop agreement? It depends on who you ask. And on Wired Security, a hacker group linked to Russian military claims credit for cyber attack on Ukrainian telecom. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.